Mansion Air, Guillotine, Island 1069, WIIS Key West. Good morning. I'm Gwen Filosa, and with you for It's Too Early, that's the name of the show. We're broadcasting in the studio right off Duval Street, beautiful downtown Key West, Florida. Hope you're all doing well on the big eve, and I'm super excited to have my guest this morning. He is a photographer. He's worked with the New York Times for many years. He does um, uh, cookbook photography. He's traveled all over the world. Evan Sung, good morning. Hey, good morning, Gwen. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for for taking the time. You're you're very busy, Evan. <laughs> uh, I am busy. Fortunately, it's it's uh, which is great uh, as a freelancer. You know, it's uh, it's always nice to be busy. Um, but actually, you know, with the holidays and unfortunately with some of the 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 COVID news going on, it's been a little bit of a quiet week, which I'm I'm not unhappy about. It's been nice to kind of take it easy in the run up to the holidays. So. I hear that. I hear that. Now you you were um, and you've worked with award winning chefs. You freelance for the New York Times for like ten years, right? You probably still are. Uh, over ten years, yeah, yeah. I really kind of got my start there, and uh, you know, my credit for me, the Times is like my hometown paper since I grew up in the city, and uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure to be able to work for them with them, and uh, yeah, they definitely helped me get to where I am today. So. And I'm I gotta start off. I'm a I'm just so fascinated and jealous of people who grow up in Manhattan. I mean, you were born there, right? I was born in in Manhattan on the Upper East Side, but I mean, grew up mainly on the Upper West Side. So do you just kind of walk around every once in a while, going, "I'm super cool. I'm the <laughs> coolest person ever." I, I, I think you are. Yeah, thank you. You know what I mean? It's funny because you grow up in New York. It's all you. It's all you know. And uh, everyone says, "Oh, you know, you, you're the first person I've met from New York. The first native New Yorker I've met." <laughs> I mean, which I understand, but at the same time, like I grew up with only native New Yorkers mainly, so yeah, <laughs> so they're not as rare for me. Um, but you know, I, I I lived in Paris actually for a year and a half uh, years ago, and uh, whenever anyone heard that I was from New York, you know, they'd get really wide-eyed and then start talking about all the movies they've seen about New York and stuff like this. <laughs> and uh, you know, New York means so many things to so many different people. But uh, I do love this city, and uh, I feel very close to it. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely proud of being a New Yorker. Um, but, uh, I don't know any other upbringing. So, <laughs> yeah. so for me, it's all quite natural. But. I can, I, as a reporter, I have stopped asking people what it was like to come up in Miami. And they're like, I don't know any different. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I just love that, uh, talking to people that are actually from, they're not, you know, I don't meet them all the time. Um, now you started out, uh, you got a psychology degree from NYU. And then yes, that's right. what was going on then after you graduated? Uh, let's see. So I really kind of, I loved studying psychology, but I also loved, I also loved literature. I loved the arts. Um, and so I actually had the plan. I, I didn't think I was going to get into practicing psychology, therapy, things like that. Uh, so I decided I was really interested in literature. And I really wanted to pursue a degree in comparative literature. And so I took some time off to sort of study languages, bolster my language skills. And, um, but parallel to that, or on the side of that, I was working at a bookstore in, uh, at the end of NYU, uh, my senior year. And I met an artist who became a good friend. And he was the guy who put the camera in my hands for the first time. So I didn't really touch a camera until the end of college. Although um, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, was definitely an amateur a hobbyist photographer. He 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 loved it. I, I didn't know him that well, but I, I do have a lot of photos from when I was younger. So you know, maybe that seed was kind of there somewhere. 
but uh, I was definitely headed down a path of academics and literature and uh, met this friend who put a camera in my hand and, and the, the camera became a nice kind of hobby companion. It was a, it was something different to direct some energy into and it was fascinating to learn, but I never thought of it as like a, any sort of career path or anything like that. Really, what was your a big break? I know you did you you did your time working at a um as a studio assistant and at a photo agency, but I mean, what what was your first like kind of big job or sh shooting something? Yeah, so um, well, I, so I, I pursued the path of academics, and I kind of got into a program, and uh, but it, you know, it wasn't exactly the life I'd hoped for, and all along the way, I'd been taking f uh, photographs and and. Uh, you know, when I had to come back to New York, actually, that's a funny thing. Coming back to New York, New York for so many people is like where you turn the page and start start fresh and, and begin a new chapter. And for me, I had I had gone to school, started a program in California. And uh, for me to come back to New York felt not like defeat, but it felt like going backwards a little bit. So that's why I really had to think about what I could do to make it not be a, a regressive movement. So I decided to you know, dedicate some more energy to photography and see what I could do with that. And uh, that's when I got this job. I found a job on Craigslist uh, back in the day. When as Craigslist we all did. <laughs> um, I found this job uh, at a studio called Comstock. And uh, yeah, I became a studio assistant and eventually studio manager there. And, and you know, it was a, a difficult time for that part of the industry, the stock photo industry, because uh, things were changing a lot. The transition from film to digital and, uh, uh, the whole stock industry was shifting a lot. You know, it used to be a huge money maker, and then the business models were just changing a lot. So it was sort of a quieter time for that company. They used to be sort of the big fish in 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 the pond there, uh, but it was kind of a quieter time. But it was a great time for me because that allowed me to get in there and learn because I really didn't know anything about studio lighting or um, you know production, casting, all that stuff. So. It was a good time to to learn that stuff gradually, and I, I met good friends there. And uh, so overall, it was a really good experience. And that was uh, my first kind of real professional uh, work. And then, you know, 9-11 I, I, happened. I kind of kept working there for a little while. But then I sort of felt like I had run this course. I, it was out in Jersey, so I was commuting a lot. So that kind of got um, tired. And I, I felt like it was time to use my skills to do something else. And um, I had, I decided that I was going to go to Paris and try and be an assistant out there, you know. And I think, uh, well, I thought like, oh, here I am, you know, a hotshot <laughs> New York mm -hmm. photo assistant with a few years of training. And so I thought, oh, it's going to be no problem. I'll get some work out there and live out there for a while. Uh, but actually, it was quite challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, for visa reasons and, and things like that. So, um but I ended up finding work with a guy uh, named Giacomo Bretzel, who uh, had just uh, not lost, but his first assistant had moved on. So he was looking for a new assistant and, and he took me on, you know, and, and it was a great, it was really a, sort of like at the, at the end of the wire there for me. I was kind of getting ready to pack up my things and go back to the States. And then as it happens, you know, just met him and uh, had an interview with him and, Next thing I knew, we were going to Florence, Italy to, to do a photo shoot that he had, and uh, and it started from there. So it was very, very lucky. It was kind of right right in, in the nick of time. So, uh, And then stayed there and worked with him for a year and a half, and, and that was a place where I learned a lot and, you know, 
a lot closer to Paris and my friends there and things like that. So, well, I mean, you're you've traveled the the world. You've been to Iceland, Evan. You've taken these amazing pictures. Everyone <laughs> it's not goes, that far. Iceland's it's, not that far. It's seems amazing. Far, like figuratively, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> for me. But no, I mean, your photos are amazing. Everyone, go to evansung.com. Uh, this is high end photography. But when I looked at Iceland. I was like, "There's a he's. How did you get on a waterfall or something?" There's this picture is amazing. <laughs> You can't, you can throw a cat and hit a waterfall. Well, and just, you're taking a picture of like a mountain and a waterfall and yeah. amazing work. And this is high end stuff. I mean, you're, you've worked with these um, Michelin chefs, these award winning chefs, and um, you've done a ton of cookbooks. And I'm just wondering, like, I mean, uh, you your work is just so amazing. How do you approach it? And how do you, cause I, I am going to, there are tons of photographers out there, but your work really stands out in a way that is remarkable. And what, what do you think is the, the key to that? Well, thanks. I mean, um, you know, I, I would say for the travel part, you know, I think I always talk about how my parents, uh, who immigrated to the U S from Taiwan, um, in the late sixties and, um, you know, worked really hard to provide a good life for, for me and my, my siblings, my two siblings. Um, they always traveled with us, even when we were very young, you know, to Europe and, and uh, to Asia, of course, and California. And um, and I always think that that kind of made travel feel normal. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it I'm sure it instilled that sense of curiosity, even though I'm sure when we went to Venice, I was being whiny and annoying and didn't <laughs> want to be there. But um, you know, I, I do think it kind of plants that that seed of uh, this is just part of the world and you can go out there and see it. So I definitely attribute a lot of that to them and, and creating a sense of curiosity. So really, you know, how do I approach my work? Uh, I think the curiosity is the first part. I mean, I never thought or planned to go to Iceland or Senegal or, um, you know, India I mean, I'm happy to go anywhere, anywhere anyone says, uh, hey, you want to go here? I'm definitely game for it. But I didn't have like a big overarching game plan. And I think um, when someone says to me, I have this opportunity, I'm just curious. I just want to know more. I want to see it. Um, if I can travel in the company of someone who, you know, really knows that place, then that's even more exciting and you get a much deeper experience. So, but even like locally, you know, I, I really kind of, when I started uh, my own work to try and, and do my own work. I was really interested in uh, portraits and I, I, like I said, I always loved the arts. So I put a post up on Craigslist and I, I was looking for artists who would let me photograph them, take portraits of them in their studio and see their work. So, you know, that was also just curiosity. It was curiosity about other creative people. It was curiosity about how they work. Um, and it turned out to be a really, great experience at that time because I was meeting artists at all different levels, you know, just starting out, people who were quite successful, people who are juggling, you know, a day job and their creative output. And from those conversations, I really got a good perspective on, okay, how can I, how can I do what I want to do and make that happen? So it was great. You know, it was, it was really cool to talk to other people who were in the same boat or, or somewhere along that journey. And, uh, and and learn from them and compare experiences and all of that so uh but that all comes from uh, you know what's this person about i mean that goes back to the psychology studies also you know sort of what makes this person tick what's their life like why do they arrange their space like this how do they you know how do they like to work um and traveling is the same thing you know what makes this city tick how do these people live here survive here 
uh, what are the tricks to getting around here? So all those things, you know. And the camera is uh, a great way to just sort of explore and document and and remember. And uh, but yeah, I would say a lot of it just comes from curiosity. And I love talking to photographers because it's something I always kind of wish I'd gone that way in journalism. I just I just think it's amazing to work that you can do. It's super hard though in journal. Like you know, it, you got to get that shot. You can't. There's no missing it. But um, right. I just always want to ask about equipment because like. Remember, I'm a little older than you, but I, I think you remember a time where there weren't iPhone cameras as good as <laughs> real yes. cameras and iPads and people are take everything's recorded and everyone's everyone thinks they're a photographer, which is good. It's fine. But are are you out there kind of sometimes going, no, y'all don't know what you're doing <laughs> or, or feel like um, what's the difference between, you know, um, a, a photo taken on my iPhone and then something taken with like a ten thousand dollar camera? There, there's a difference, right? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, People always say, you know, the best camera is the one that you have at hand. I mean, I think, I do think that everyone is capable of an amazing photo, like a truly amazing photo, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time. It's about being observant. It's about being quick. I mean, all these things are true. Um, and, and photography definitely is a democratizing art form, you know, anyone, especially now, especially in the last 10, 15 years where that technology has changed so much, of course, people can... Mm-hmm can make amazing photos, you know? Um, but I think what's the difference? I mean, look, there, there are productions that are like multi-million dollar productions. I mean, that's definitely a kind of production value that not anyone can create. And that's not even what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for me, the mark of any sort of professional is just consistency and producing it on demand. So, um, you know, there are people out there who are waiting for like that perfect natural light moment. Um, Mm -hmm. But if I'm shooting restaurants, you know, three, four days a week, or shooting a cookbook, you know, over two weeks, I can't wait for things to be just right. I have to kind of be able to make that happen on demand, or um, kind of create that consistency. Uh, So for me, that's the, that's the real challenge is is being able to produce it uh, when you need to produce it, instead of waiting for inspiration to strike or or, um, you know, the perfect conditions. So, um, but you know, that's, that's what's exciting about photography is even when conditions are perfect, things can go wrong and then you have to find the opportunity in that. Um, actually I was thinking of like when I was in India once, uh, visiting the Taj Mahal and it happened to be a really cloudy week. It was very, um, it was impossible to get like a really dynamic photo cause there was just no shadows. It was very low contrast. And, um, we went to the Taj Mahal and it was like, basically nestled in a bed of fog you could barely see it and i i you know it was the taj mahal so i was like shooting it anyway of course um because i didn't know when i was going to be back there and then later on i was looking through the through the uh the film if you will and i found uh it was digital i found this shot of the taj mahal it was like barely visible through the through the fog you know it was like this white marble uh palace kind of barely emerging from the white fog Whoa. and uh and i realized that it was actually really a photo that i loved you know um and and it wasn't what i would have thought of as the good conditions for a photo in that moment when i took it but uh but you know it turned out to to work out so that's also the challenge is kind of looking for the opportunity when it seems like the opportunity is not there and just kind of being I like open. it. Oh, that photo, it's up on your website. The, the It's its amazing. Yeah. It is. I've never Thank seen you. that building or that 
place photographed quite like that. I know I'm running out of time, but real quick, and trust me, I love that my an iPhone or whatever. A lot of other Samsungs that they, they take amazing video too. My gosh, mm-hmm. and uh, photos because yeah. I I have to shoot for work, and I'm I just take a million pictures and one will come out good. I, I all I know is to fill the frame and try to get. Like a, I don't know how, how when people are talking, Evan, they don't photograph well. <laughs> <laughs> they look horrible. Right. But I mean, what are some just general tips if for, for a good um, in my case, you know, journalism, but if for a really good photograph, what, what do people need to do? Um, I mean, you know, the nice thing about digital is you, you, you you're not uh, you're not wasting shots necessarily. It's all it's all the possibility of getting that that right moment. So definitely, you know, being alert. I think being close to the action, getting yourself um, in close, but uh, it's just to kind of create that sense of immediacy. But you know, it's 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 really interesting. It's uh, it's about feel and experimentation a lot of the times, especially like in this um, sort of more documentary vein that I, I get to do when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really sort of get into the action, but you also kind of step back away from it, and and uh, you can get really interesting photos from just kind of removing yourself and, and being a little bit more on the periphery. So. Um, it really is about being alert and aware and like looking around and uh, and challenging yourself to say, hey, what if I what if I get lower here or if I get higher here? Um, what if everyone's looking in that direction? What's what's going on in the other on the other side? You know, um, so it is just being again. It's like curious. It's like, well, what does it look like from this angle or that angle? Um, and then you know, lighting and and uh, just being aware of where the light is coming from is is very important for food, surely, but also, you know, for any sort of action, uh, whether or not some action, maybe you want it to be backlit and, and get in- interesting shadows uh, of figures and stuff like that, or you want, um, you know, beautiful soft light for a portrait or, you know, it, it, it depends. But I think we're fortunate to have these devices that allow us to take lots of shots and um, and find what works for us. I mean, I do think that that's the exciting thing is everyone's learning about photography through these things, you know? Um, I think Instagram, you know, teaches a lot of people a lot in good ways and bad, but I mean, people learn a lot about photography from just staring at these images all the time. So, um, yeah, I think it's like experimentation, you know? And and if if someone is really, really into it, then they keep taking photos and they keep getting better and they keep um, pushing themselves and, and, and then, you know, that's that's the road to to making it something more than just a hobby so well you've inspired me i'm totally gonna be a photographer now uh (laughs) evan i've kept you way too long but thank you i hope you can come back again um your work is amazing everyone evansung.com to see these amazing photographs and you know continued i wish you continued success and a great holiday Thank you, Gwen. Great to chat with you and happy holidays to you and everyone listening out there. And uh, yeah, I hope we can talk again soon. All right. Take care, Evan. Thank you. Take care, Gwen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And everybody, thank you for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. I'm here weekdays at 8.15, sometimes 8.16, 18. It, I show up. It's just, you know, island. when people said island time when I got here, I was like, you don't know what you're dealing with here. I came from here from New Orleans. Ten years in New Orleans, I... We don't even say I'll in New Orleans. They don't people don't say I'll be there at eight. They say I'll be there for eight. So anyway, I'll be back with some news and weather. This is throwing muses. Santa Claus Island one zero six nine. Stick around.